0: Right. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the joy that we have through Christ and through his sacrifice and connecting that through a lot of the different writings of Paul. So you may see some of the verses from this morning repeat, but hopefully with a different lens on it as we look at the joy we can have through the cross. Philippians 121. We'll start there. Philippians 121 says, for me to live Is Christ, and to die is gain. It's a really familiar passage. But there's a few things here that I want us to chew on as we prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. Do you know that in the original Greek text that Paul wrote this in, there is no is, right? So he said, For me to live, Christ, to die, gain. We add the word is in the English translations because it makes more sense to us, but the point is that Paul is being emphatic here. In the larger context of the book of Philippians, you could say that there is a big theme of joy. If you want to know how to obtain joy or to maintain joy, read the book of Philippians. It's mentioned at least 17 times throughout the book, in some form, to be joyful or to rejoice always. Yet Paul here, as he's writing this, is in a place that typically wouldn't make someone joyful. Paul is in prison. In fact, some of the Christians had a friend, Epaphroditus, that they send to Paul to bring him comfort, and then that friend gets there, and he gets sick, and he almost dies, And yet, Paul keeps telling all of them to be joyful. How? How do we deal when bad things happen? What is the secret of joy? As we see in the book of Philippians, the secret to resilient joy is Jesus. Back up to chapter 1, verse 20. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul is telling us that a single-mindedness of purpose in Christ is the key to joy. Think about it. When your mind has been in a hundred different places at once, has that ever been The most joyful time of your life. Duplicity of mind robs us of joy, and a singular mindset on Christ brings us joy. Look at chapter 2 of Philippians and in verse 5. Philippians 2, go 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We're supposed to have a mind that is submissive, just like Christ did. Even though he was God, he let go to become lower. To become a man. To become a man that gave his life for us in his life and through his death. Does selfishness and trying to do what we want to do rob us of our joy? I think it robs us of our joy a lot. I expect my day to go a certain way, and when it doesn't, I'm robbed of my joy. But if we have the mindset of Christ, we can fix that. Humble yourself, put others first, as Jesus did. And no matter what the circumstance is that you feel has robbed you of your joy, you're going to be all right. Go to chapter 3. Chapter 3 here in Philippians, we'll read verses 20 through 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Paul is teaching us to have a spiritual mind like Christ to not think of ourselves as citizens of this world, but to be citizens of Christ. When bad things happen and this world is falling apart around us, does it not help to maintain our joy when we recognize that because of Christ's sacrifice, our citizenship is somewhere else? Does that bring joy to us? Keep going in Philippians, look at 4 verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. If I'm satisfied by Jesus, no matter whether I'm rich or poor, or in prison or free or hungry or full, you cannot take (laughs) joy from me. If we learn to have this singular focus on Christ with a humble, spiritual, and submissive mind like Christ, then joy will be ours because of Christ. Always, to live is Christ. Let's go back to Philippians 1 and in verse 21. Philippians 1, 21 again, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is God. Be honest with this question. If I remove the word Christ and gain from this verse, how would you finish the sentence if there was just a blank slot in there? For me, to live is blank, and to die is blank. How would you answer that? I think this is the ultimate expression of how a Christian should live and think. Life is what? Life is baseball. You ever see those shirts where it's just like life is and it has a ball on it. Life is baseball. For some, life is music. Let's grow it up a little bit. For some, life is work, advancement, money. For some, life is family. For others, life is my reputation and what other people think of me. That's some people's lives. And if we're honest with ourselves, there have been times in our lives when some of those things probably filled in the blank for us. So what does it mean to say that life is Christ? What about the second question here? Death is what? If I ask people at work, a lot of them would say death is not something to talk about. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about life. Well, what is life? Life is sports and politics. That's life. Let's talk about that. Others would say death is tragic. Death is the number one thing to avoid. So make sure you take all your vitamins and rub all your creams to prolong it as long as you can. What does it mean if we can truly say that to live is Christ? Look at 1 in verse 20 again. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Not sure if you do New Year's resolutions or if you need one for 2023, but if you do, verse 20 here is a really good one. Do you hear what he's saying? Paul is saying that if he's hopeful for anything, he's hopeful that he will not give room for anyone to think that he has discredited the ministry of Christ in himself. I don't want anyone to ever look at me and think that I failed my Jesus. Then there is the contrast here. With all courage or boldness... Christ will even now, as always, be honored or exalted in my body by life or by death. So how do we magnify someone as magnificent as Christ? It's a simple analogy, but I picture us as a lens, right? When you use binoculars one direction, really big things look like mountains, But if you flip the binoculars around, really big things look really small. You know what I think that Paul is saying here? Is that my life will be a lens used in the right way to reflect and magnify Christ. That my life magnifies how others see Christ and that I don't put Christ to shame when people see my life. Go to Galatians 2. Galatians 2. We'll read verses 20 and 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of god for if righteousness were through the law then Christ died for no purpose when paul says in verse 20 that he has been crucified with christ and that he is now dead what's paul trying to say when he talks about himself dying so that christ can be the thing that animates him look at galatians 6:14 6 and in verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. When Paul thinks about the cross, he mentions that he sees Christ on the cross, but what else does he see on the cross? He doesn't stop there. Himself, he says that Paul has died on the cross not just himself but the world he says that christ died the world died paul died it all died on the cross and paul saw it that way why well go to second corinthians 4 and in verse 10 Second Corinthians four ten. Paul says, always carrying in the body the death of Christ so that the life of Christ may also be manifested in our bodies. Paul believed that when death worked in him would make life work in other people. That the way God would reach the world is by having people die to themselves in front of others. So that others could have life. Paul thought of his life in that way. For to me, to live is Christ for the furtherance of the gospel. What's my life? For us to live is Christ, and it's not about us. Go back to Philippians 1. Philippians 1, this time we'll go verses 12 through 14. Paul is in prison and he's saying, look, I know that things look really bad, but they have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel because of Christ. Because Christ is living in Paul, the word has made it to the White House. So to speak. It's made it to the Imperial Guard. here. He never would have been able to reach those people without being in prison. In verse 14, he says that people are actually more encouraged for the cause of Christ because of what has happened to him. That even more people are talking about Christ and growing in confidence because of his struggles. You ever meet someone who is going through something so terrible? Uh, You could say it's maybe the sole provider of a family loses his job and he's struggling to put food on the table or a terminal illness that someone is going through. Sometimes you see those people complain and they get really broken and what they're going through is terrible and incredibly tragic but every now and then you see someone going through something so awful and you know what's weird about them they're not talking about them they're smiling at everybody and they're being nice to everybody and they're talking about hope all they want to do in this sickness, or in this difficult situation is to make sure that God gets the credit and that people see him even bigger. Isn't it neat when you see that? You know what? No matter what, God is good, and it's going to be okay. That's exactly what it means for Christ to be your life. Look at one more passage in Philippians. Go to 4 and in verse 11. We'll go through verse 14. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. If you fill in that first blank from earlier with anything other than Christ, then you can't fill in the second blank. If to you life is family or work, then to die is tragic. If to you life is Christ, then to die is a promotion Where we get to be with Christ. Is that what death is to you? We're going to say a prayer here in just a minute to remember Christ's death. To remember that through his death and that through his sacrifice, we can have the same resilient joy that Paul has in his writings. If to us, life is Christ.